Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Open your Bibles if you have not already have them open to Mark 9, 5 through 8. I'm going to read this again. Again, we were here last week in a larger scale, but as I was reading and studying and praying this week, I saw something that I just wanted to hit again, or Lord impressed on me, something that we may have kind of quickly gone over a phrase. And so that phrase is where I get this title, listen to Jesus, listen to Jesus. Let's begin in Mark 9 and verse 5. And Peter answered and said to Jesus. Now remember, this is Jesus has come down, or they well, he's followed Jesus up to this high mountain, Um Mount Horeb, most likely, it was the tallest mountain in the region. There's some uh, debate about that, but some of the other mountains wouldn't have been tall mountains, and also given where they were coming from, this would have been the mountain they probably were on. That doesn't really matter other than the fact that they were on a high mountain. And if you look up Mount Horeb in, in the Bible or in uh, on a map, or if you look at how tall it is, it's a big mountain. Uh, They went a long ways, but that followed the command or the instructions from Jesus to, if you're going to be my disciple, take up your cross, follow me. And so then he calls the three, they go up on the mountain, he's transfigured or metamorphosized, Uh, there's a metamorphosis that takes place, the inner him, the real him is shown on the outside, and so Having that then happened and having Elijah and also Moses there, Peter kind of sleepily and kind of out of fear starts talking. And most of us probably do the exact same thing. If you read in Luke, it appears they either were about to fall asleep or they were asleep. In fact, Jesus had led them up this mountain and they began to pray. And then as they were drifting off to sleep, he is changed and they wake up and see Elijah and Moses and Jesus there with them and startled, fear, sleepy, whatever it was, Peter just starts talking. And he says, it's good for us to be here. And I want to say, as we often say in the you know, church or when God is doing something or God shows us something, well, that's good. That's good that that happened or a miracle takes place. Well, isn't that wonderful? But we sometimes miss just how wonderful it is. And Peter, in his fear and in his ignorance and in his sleepiness, missed just how wonderful it was for them to be there with Jesus and see him transfigured. But let's continue. It is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, or he didn't know what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, 
This is my beloved son, hear him. And suddenly when they looked round about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. Just in case there was any confusion about who God was talking about. Again, the disciples had already acknowledged you're the Messiah, Jesus. But just in case there's any confusion of who God was talking about, you had Moses who represented the law, you had Elijah who represented the prophets, and you had Jesus. But just in case there's any confusion, when he says, this is my beloved son, listen to him, they looked up and there was nobody but Jesus. It was Jesus who they were talking to. And they say, he said, hear him or listen to him. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And in some translations it says listen. So what's the difference between hear and listen? It's the word that's in the Greek could mean both, but I'm going to explain in just a little bit. It's listen. Listen to Jesus. And so I bring this message to us this morning. Listen to Jesus. Jesus has something to say. God has something to say. We must listen to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we read your word to understand that, Father, there's only one that we really need to listen to, and that is you and your son. You are the same, and God, we need to pay attention what you have for us. Help us today to block out all the noise, all the confusion, all the distraction, and help us as we live our lives to be listening for your voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We live in a world that is clamoring for your attention. They are begging for your attention. It's, it's amazing to me the lengths they will go to get your attention. Everywhere we go, there is a cacophony of noise, whether it be TV, internet, friends, uh, politics, it doesn't matter. I, I'll go through a whole list maybe later, but all kinds of people that are clamoring for your attention, trying to get your eyes, your ears to listen to them. I don't often use beer commercials in my sermons, but I've been noticing how there has been a protest over Bud Light and over some... Dis they were trying to do some things to get your attention. Some other people said, I don't like what you're doing to get our attention. And they have been protesting what was said. And now Bud Light is pouring more money into media to try to get your attention back. You say, well, why are you using a beer commercial? Well, I'm also going to use it because of the fact that there was a bar that sells the beer that says if you're going to say something bad about the beer, we want you out. And then the people left, and now they're spending a bunch of money on advertising and say, wait, no, no, don't leave, come back. My point is this. The things the world will tell you are confusing. The things the world will tell you is, is lies and deceit. But I'm telling you that Jesus is the one that we must be listening to. And so there's so many voices that have so many things to say, but it is the voice of Jesus that we must hear. It is what he has to say that matters. It is his voice that is more important, far more important than any other. But what does Jesus, 
or what does God, as Jesus is God, have anything to say, or does he have anything to say? Does he really want to say anything to you and to me? And if so, can I be sure I hear his voice above all others? Does he really have anything to say today? Does he have anything important to say today? Does he really want to say anything to me? And if so, can I hear him? The answer is yes, yes, yes. God, or Jesus in this case, and again, we'll make the argument, of course you know this, believe this, I pray, that Jesus and God are one and the same, as well as the Holy Spirit. So when I say Jesus, it can be God, it can be the Holy Spirit. But in this particular instance, it's listen to Jesus. But God, or Jesus, or the Holy Spirit can speak to you through the Holy Spirit at any time, at any place, no matter who you are, what you're doing, where you're going, what you're believing, or whether you're looking for him to speak to you or not. God can speak to you anytime, anywhere. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you will do. doesn't matter. God wants to speak to you. He is speaking to you. Jesus has things to say to you and to me. Let me give you some examples just to kind of reiterate this, that throughout the history of the Bible, God spoke to people in all kinds of circumstances or all kinds of conditions. In other words, men that were following him, men that didn't even know anything about him, women, uh, sinners, leaders, poor people. doesn't matter. Noah. God spoke to Noah when he was the only righteous man on all the earth, it says in Genesis chapter 6. He found favor in God's eyes because he was living righteous in a wicked world. Abraham. You ever think about this? Abraham lived in a pagan society that worshipped false gods. His father was an, uh, was worshipped false gods, all kinds of false gods. He knew nothing of God like we do, and yet God spoke to him when he was ignorant that God even existed and called him to be the father of a great nation. Moses, God spoke to him while he was hiding on the backside of the desert from everybody. Gideon, God spoke to him while he was cowering in fear. Samuel, God spoke to him when he was a child. Solomon, God spoke to him when he was becoming king. Daniel, God spoke to him when he was in exile in a foreign land. Jonah, God spoke to him even though Jonah was not willing to hear from God and didn't want to listen to God. And Jeremiah, God spoke to him even though he did not think he was worthy for God to speak and use him. The disciples, Jesus spoke to them even when most of us today wouldn't cross the street to talk to a disciple. The Samaritan woman at the well, remember her? Jesus spoke to her despite her being a woman, a Samaritan, divorced five times, and lived with a guy who wasn't her husband. She was combative, argumentative, and defensive, and yet Jesus had something to say to her. And then Paul or Saul at the time. Jesus spoke to him even though he was a persecutor of the church, a murderer of the saints, and wanted nothing to do with Jesus whatsoever. God can speak and reveal himself to you, to me, to anyone at any time, and God can and is speaking to you and to me today.
He is. I've covered this. I'll say it again. We read the Word of God. In fact, I didn't even have us hold it up this week. That's my fault. But I'm telling you, when you read the Word of God, you're hearing from Him. But God has spoken to you at other times. God will speak to you other times. It's a matter of whether you're listening to Him or caught up in the cacophony of noise that goes on to drown Him out. But what about those of us or those of anybody who want to really be sure they hear Him? To know more, to go deeper to understand him better, to make sure you're hearing his voice? Is there something that we can learn from this passage to help us to do just that? I'm glad you asked because there is. Number one, we must learn, or we must learn to listen to Jesus, but I want you to understand why we must listen to Jesus. Number one, it's a command that was given right here in this passage. Listen to him. Hear him. This is my beloved son. God the Father gave the command, the instruction, the imperative. And it wasn't just for them because if you look in the original language, for those of us that study English or, or remember our English about passive and different kinds of different ways of using English language. In this Greek word, it means keep listening to Jesus. It wasn't just to the disciples, Peter, James, and John. Hey, listen right now. No, it was, hey, listen, keep on listening to Jesus. Whether we say it's Jesus' voice or whether we say it's God's voice or the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's all the same. So though it's saying right here, Jesus, the point is this. God is speaking. Jesus is speaking. They speak to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to your heart if you are saved. And if you are not, the Holy Spirit still comes knocking, inviting you to know Jesus Christ. And so therefore, they're all one and the same. We know that. We believe that. I believe we believe that in here. But just so I can back it up a little bit, Jesus said, I and my Father are one in John 10.30. In John 15.26, Jesus says, I'm going to send a comforter and he will testify or he will speak on behalf of me. And so therefore they are the same. But the reason God said, listen to Jesus even though they, even though Peter was confused and saying, "Hey, listen, we got we got Moses, we've got Jesus, we've got Elijah. Let's build a temple or a tabernacle or a booth for all three, and let's just hang out right here." Because he said that as Elijah and Moses were about to leave, we learned that in, in Luke. But he said, "Listen, let's just hang out here a little bit longer." And God says, "Listen to Jesus because he is superior to." Moses, he is superior to Elijah, and he's superior to every other voice you will ever hear speak to you or try to get your attention. It is Jesus' voice that we must listen to. He was superior to Peter. Peter started talking, and God said, Stop, hush, be quiet. That's the idea of what he's saying there. He comes out of the cloud and says, Hey, listen to Jesus. I think of, you know, 
Again, I'm not Jesus. I'm not making myself out of Jesus. But it's kind of the idea what God was doing there was kind of like when you talk to your kids or your grandkids. or so, you know, Usually it's your kids and you're trying to make a point to your kids and your kids start talking. You're like, no, no listen to me. He was saying, no, stop, Peter. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Superior to every voice that ever has been or ever will be. And I told you I was going to give you just a few of those voices. The TV, the radio, podcasts on the internet, books, social media, people who claim to have answers, people who want to tell you their opinions and what you should do and where you should go and how you should live and the way you should think. Uh, others, so-called preachers and Christians. And I say so-called because I'm going to tell you, I use social media and by the way, it doesn't matter whether you use social media or whether you watch it on TV, it's the same kind of thing. There are all kinds of preachers and teachers out there who aren't allowing God to speak through them. They're spewing their own opinions, their own, I'm just going to call them lies for the most part, because if you're not preaching the gospel, you're preaching a lie. But they're going to preach their own ideas, their own theologies, their own ideologies. And there's all kinds of stuff. And for those of you that have ever gone on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or anywhere else, there's all kinds of people that are preaching. And I've been you know, talking with Landon about this a lot because he'll send me different things and he'll ask me, what do you think about this? And some of it's okay, some of it's good, some of it's not. And I'll say, be careful. Be careful. Whether you read a book, whether you listen to a preacher, whether you listen to whatever it is, make sure they're pointing and they're quoting and they're using the Word of God. Not just their own opinions, not just their own ideologies, not just their own motivational mumbo-jumbo. It is the voice of Jesus that we must be listening to. Jesus has something to say. He had something to say, he has something to say, and he will have things to say. There's no point in time for us to stop listening to Jesus. He did then, he does now, he will tomorrow for the rest of time. And by the way, just for those that say, well, the Bible's not relevant today, or that message you're preaching doesn't apply today, what Jesus has to say is always relevant. What Jesus has to say is always needed for no matter what time you're living in. I Again, I used to be... Ella, girls, Hunter, Lily, you're still, you're, y'all are still young. I know y'all getting married back there. Y'all still young. I remember not so long ago when I thought all this stuff, it doesn't, you know, my, with my parents, oh, your old-fashioned thoughts and, oh, your, your old-fashioned way of doing things or whatever. And listen, sometimes it is old-fashioned and sometimes things need to change. I'm not, I'm not arguing against what your parents are saying. I'm simply saying sometimes we say things that just are old-fashioned, but what Jesus has to say may be old-fashioned, but it's still relevant today. It still applies today. Don't get the idea that somehow, oh, that's just that old-timey stuff. No, no. We've got to have it today. If we would listen and follow it today, I'm telling you, you all right? I'm telling you that if, if we listen to it today, it will change our lives. It will change our lives. And it will change the world if we listen to it today. Jesus has something 
today. It is needed for our living. It is applicable to our lives. And oh, how we need to listen to Jesus. The devil will try to interrupt. The devil will try to throw in what he has to say. He will try to drown out and get your attention away from what he is trying to say. Well, I watched that happen just last week, preaching last week's message. I went back and watched the live stream and some reason microphones cut in and cut out and you couldn't hear what was going on in some of that. And, and sometimes technology, that happens. But sometimes I believe with all my heart, it, sometimes it's, a, well, hello, how are you? Come on in. Come on in, sir. Yeah. Make yourselves at home. Sometimes we just need to stop, and that's what I'm going to get to today, is just listen to what Jesus has to say for our lives. It is necessary for our living. God the Father said, listen to him. This is my beloved son. So what does Jesus say? I don't have time this morning to go into everything that Jesus says, but let me just make this clear to you. His message is largely the same as it has been from the beginning. You said, preacher, you just said largely, and that makes me a little nervous. What do you mean largely? I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. Don't, don't get this twisted now. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so therefore, what he has said still applies today his message of, of God's word will last forever. In fact, it says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Jesus has something to say, and it's the same as it was as it is today. But he has something to say about everything. I often have people come to me and say, well, I, you know, I appreciate the Bible. I appreciate God's word, but it doesn't deal with some of the things that we're dealing with today. And I say baloney. God has something to say about everything that you will ever, ever encounter. Don't let the world deceive you into thinking, well, God doesn't say anything about this, or God doesn't have anything to say about that. Yes, he does. Let me just give you a few. I can't share with you everything that, that God or Jesus has to say, but I will say this. He has things to say about relationships. In his word, you will find about relationships, about dating, about marriage, about the kind of friends that you ought to have. He has things to say about politics, about taxes and abortion and immigration, social justice, gun rights, all these kind of things that we're dealing with today, they're found in the word of God. How we live our lives, whether you, by the way, we just shared about this this was just before in chapter 8, whether you're going to try to save it or whether you're willing to lose it, he has things to say about how you live your life. By the way, we, we often get this, you know, so you're talking about losing your salvation when he says, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. He's talking about the fact, let me just back up for just one second. He's talking about the fact, Jesus is, that if you strive, if you spend your life living for the things of the world, you've wasted your life. And if you serve, if you spend your life living for God, then you have made your life worth something. That's part of what he is saying in that passage. 
But listen, he's got something to say about families and about parents and children and relationships in that way. He's got something to say about, you know, where you work, where you go to school, where you to, what kind of career you're going to pursue. He has something to say about that. The kind of hobbies or sports or recreational activities you involve yourself in. He has something to say about that. Drugs, alcohol, addiction, mental disorders. He has something to say about that. People get the idea, well, these things that we're dealing with today, they're nowhere in the Word of God, and I say that's baloney. Read your Word of God, and you'll find out that He has something to say about your finances, your investing, your gambling, how you spend your money, where you spend your money, war, violence, racism, you know, CRT, if you're familiar with that, LGBT, if you're familiar with that. He has something to say about all these things. Your retirement, for those of you that say, well, what about retirement? Am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do once I retire? Your retirement, your health, your wealth, growing old, something to say. Jesus has something to say. God has something to say. It's all here in his word about how employees and employers, about how they treat each other, our, what we do with authorities that are over us. It's in here. How we're to treat our family, our friends, strangers, foreigners, enemies. It's all here in God's word. There is nothing on which Jesus does not have something to say. But let me go back to where I said it's mostly the same yesterday or today as it was from the beginning because God, Jesus also has a special message for you. And that message for you is the same as it has been for everybody else with a little bit of a twist. His message for you is the same but a little different. His message for you is about how much he loves you. And that's the same as it's been for everybody since the beginning of time and will be till the end of time on this earth. But he also speaks to you differently about your purpose that he has for you. Why you are here. Now listen, in general, it's to serve God and it's about seeking his will and worshiping him. I understand that. But his call to you is different than his call to me. And so therefore, there's a little bit of difference. His call for David and for Abraham and for Moses and to Jonah and to Daniel and whoever else you want to think of is a little bit different than it is for you because God made you unique, special for a special purpose. He has a special calling and purpose for you in your life. It's the reason that you're here on this earth. And so therefore we need to hear what he has to say. Well, what does it mean then? If Jesus has something to say, what does it mean when it says, hear him, listen to him? I think the idea is this. Number one, to hear. That's the word we have here in the King James. But to hear is with our ears, we need to hear. We've got to be willing to hear. We also have to get to the place where we can hear because there's a cacophony of noise all around us. So much noise that it just sounds like a low roar, sometimes a loud roar sometimes. I've, most of you, or well, some of you may know this about me. I think my hearing is fine. My wife says i got a problem, but I think it's just mostly I tune some things out. But my, I do have a problem where if I'm in a room with a lot of noise, I have a hard time. I've really got to watch your lips. I can't read lips so much, but I've got to focus in. If you see me really staring at you, that's it, it, uh, it's because i got to really focus or 
somebody carrying on conversation over here, I still pick all that up and I have a hard time isolating your conversation. And so therefore, I have to really focus. And when it comes to God, we all do. Because the world is trying to drown him out. The devil wants to use the world to drown out the voice of God. But I'm telling you that we need to hear, be willing to hear and be get to a place that we can hear. I say willing to hear because sometimes I'm not willing to hear some things that are said to me. And you're the same way. Somebody will say something to you and say, that's not what I want to hear or I don't want to hear from that person. And so therefore you're not willing to listen. You may have heard it. My wife told me just the other day, will you please, before you go up to church, will you take the clothes out of the dryer and take the wet ones in the washer and put them in the dryer? She said this while I was running my blender and my milkshake and, and my protein shake and I was getting some other things. And I said, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And guess what happened when she got home? She opened up the washer and she said, these wet clothes been in here all night and all day? What wet clothes? The ones that I asked you to change over to the dryer. I heard her say it. I didn't mean not to listen. But I was busy with a cacophony of noise. And you can use the word forgot. But you know what? I, I did hear that. I just, I had to tell her. I wasn't really listening. I'm sorry. We have to do the same to God. God, I need to listen. And then the second part of listening, hearing, and listening, but to make it actually listening, to really hear him, is to obey. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to apply it to our lives, to be willingly, actively obeying what he is saying to us. And now in the last five minutes, I'm going to spend, I want to do this, because here I've talked about how Jesus is the one that we need to be listening to. God, it, it, Jesus is God. God, it, God, the Holy Spirit, God, his son, we listen to him. Just as he said, this is my beloved son, hear him, listen to him. Well, he's got something to say. He's got something important to say. He's got something to say to me. How do I make sure I hear him? Well, number one, take up your cross. That goes back to the verses earlier. Remember, this is all part of really, I know it's a week later, but it's tied together. Be willing to take up your cross. And that is putting aside self. Sometimes we hear things that we don't want to hear. I've got to put that apart and say, God, what you've got to say, that's what I need to hear. But self-sacrifice always, 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 when you read your Bible, leads to a greater understanding of God and Jesus Christ. Always. When you see a person who sacrificed their own desires, their own plans, their own wants, whatever it was they thought they were going to do, and God called them, and they responded, and they said, like Samuel, here I am. Your servant is listening. They always went on to have a greater understanding and to be used greatly by God. Always. But here's the other part, taking up your cross and be willing to pay that price. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't have time to dive really into it. But putting down the things that we're carrying that we don't really need and picking up that which is eternal. Remember, Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're thinking of earthly things. Start thinking of heavenly things. Not just pick up a cross, but follow Jesus. Here's the thing. 
They went where Jesus was going. Jesus called Peter, James, and John. He said, follow me. Lay down your cross. Follow me. And then it says that he led them up to a high mountain, in verse 2, apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. But the point is this. Follow Jesus. Go where he is going. Again, it was often in a mountain or a high place or a isolated place that people learned the most and heard most clearly about what Jesus had to say or what God was trying to do. Stop trying to get God to go where you are and you go with him. I saw somebody, a dear friend just this week, had a post on Facebook. And I listen, I, you can't always read intention into a post on Facebook. I'm not throwing stones. But it said, dear God, please put your hand of blessing on my plans this week. And I thought, I love that person. And I know probably what they meant. But shouldn't it be God let me follow your plans? for my? Instead of God, you touch what I want to do. God, get me involved in what you want to do. That's what I'm trying to say this morning is the fact that we're not trying to get... Listen, we need to go where Jesus is telling us to go. We need to follow him. And sometimes it's clear and sometimes it's less than clear and you got to dig. That's why he said, seek and ye shall find. It's a digging. It's a searching. It's not a just why well, I looked and I gave up and I couldn't find it. My wife will say, it's, you know, will you go get my keys? And I come back to her 30 seconds later, so I couldn't find your keys. She said, they're in your purse, or in my purse. And I said, I couldn't find your purse. And she said, sitting right there in the rocking chair where it always sits every time I come in the door. I wasn't really looking. We've got to look and follow Jesus. They went up into a high mountain. They followed him, and they got away from it all. They went into a high place there in, in two, and they apart by themselves. If you want to really hear what God's saying to you, we've got to block out, get away, take time. You say, well, how do I do that? Sometimes it's a matter of just taking time to do it. And other, and other times it's just a matter of, God, help me to block out these distractions. I can't get away right now, but block out the distractions, and what do you have for me? The crowds, the distractions, the voices. And then spend time in prayer. We don't see this right here in this passage. But if you went over to Luke and we don't have time to do that, you'll see that Jesus had led them up there and the first thing he did was pray. It reminds me of the Garden of Gethsemane where he led the disciples in to pray and they took Peter, James, and John a little bit farther and said, wait here and pray. And Jesus went on a little farther and he prayed, but he came back and he found them asleep. The same thing happened here. He led them up and they began praying, but the disciples got sleepy. I'm sure it was late at night. They had had a long hike, but they were falling asleep. But we've got to spend some time in prayer. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, but when you pray, spend as much time listening as you do talking. We often get the idea that prayer is just our talking to God, and then we read his word, that's his talking to us. He will speak to you in your prayer, in your heart, if you will just stop and listen as you pray. So if you want to hear from Jesus, if you want to know him better, 
if you want to be used by him, and that comes from when you listen to what he's saying, then take up your cross. Follow Jesus. Listen to Jesus. And let God use you and serve Jesus. I'm going to close with this illustration and I'm done. How many of you know the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus? We know that song, right? Do you know the backstory to that song, how that song was written? If you go in your hymnal, I won't take time to do this right now, but later if you go in your hymnal, you'll find that it, it, in our hymnal it attributes two of the verses to a certain people. And it actually was a certain man when you study the history of it. And actually three of the verses we have in our hymnal were written by him. But it's an Indian, by Indian I mean India, where it came from. About 150 years ago, a little bit more than 150 years ago, there was a great revival in Wales. And as a result, there were missionaries that came to northeast India to spread the gospel. Landon told me this, and I went and researched it, and I was like, that is the most wonderful story. But listen, I'm just going to continue. They came to the region known as Assam. It was comprised of hundreds of tribes who were primitive and aggressive headhunters. Into these hostile and aggressive communities came a group of missionaries from the American Baptist missions, spreading the message of Jesus Christ. Naturally, they were not welcomed. One missionary, however, succeeded in leading a man, his wife, and their two children to faith in Jesus. His name was Nak Seng. And Nak Seng then began to live out his faith and began sharing about Jesus with others in his village, even leading some to faith in Jesus Christ. But the village chief got angry. And he summoned all the villagers. And they then called the family who had first converted to renounce their faith in public or face execution. Moved by the Holy Spirit, Nak Sung said, I have decided to follow Jesus. Enraged, the chief ordered his archers to shoot the man's two children, which they did, and both died instantly there on the ground in front of the whole village. He, the chief then now said, you've lost both of your children. Deny your faith or you will lose your wife too. The Naksung said, no turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow the chief was beside himself with fury, and he ordered that his wife to also be killed. And in a moment, she joined her two son, her two children in death. He turned back to Nak Sung, and he said, I'll give you one more opportunity. Deny your faith and live. In the face of death, the man said in his final memorable lines, The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. He was shot dead just like the rest of his family. But with their deaths, a miracle took place. 
The chief who had ordered the killings was moved by the faith of the man, and he wondered, why should this man, his wife, and two children die for a man who lived in a faraway land on another continent some 2,000 years ago? Shortly after, the village chief made a confession of sin and a statement of faith, saying, I too belong to Jesus Christ. And many in that village got saved. I just wonder, are we willing to listen to Jesus? Are we willing to... Listen, listening to Jesus will not always mean health and wealth and prosperity for you. Living for Jesus, living for God, will not always mean that everything's going to go just the way you think it's going to go. But living for Jesus means listening to Jesus and listening to his voice. Choosing to hear what he has to say because it is above all and worth it all to listen to him. Let's pray. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. Oh